a podcast by Neutral Voices Media Group. In the know. Welcome to In the Know. And we're going to be talking about somebody that's been in the community that we're all familiar with, but we're going to get to know them a little bit better. And we have a guest with us this evening, um, and she's been with them for a while, and we're going to let her introduce herself. But Ms. Brookshire, introduce yourself and tell everybody who you're with. Hello, I'm Pam Brookshire. I'm the Vice President of Community Services at Brightpoint, and I have been there a while. It'll be 37 years in July. Oh, wow. So it's mm. been a minute since I've been at Brightpoint. Um for those of you that don't know Bright Point Community Action of Northeast Indiana, yeah. uh, we changed our name in 2012, 2013. The boss is going to get mad at me if I don't know that exact <laughs> year. But um, we are Bright Point, proud to be and proud to have been associated with the organization all these years. Oh, thank you. Welcome, welcome. We thank welcome you. you and yes. Thank you for well, taking time to join us. Thank you yes. for having me. I feel very blessed to be here. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Now, in a broad scope or in, in a synopsis, tell us exactly what Bright Point, or as we do know, Can I? Tell, tell us the purpose of Can I or Bright Point. All right. Well, Bright Point is a community action agency. We've been around in one way, shape, or form since 1965. We started out as the Allen County Economic Opportunity Council. We had three programs, Legal Services, uh, Head Start, and uh, a food bank that eventually became Community Harvest Food Bank. Oh, okay. So uh, we spun that off um, long before I got there. But we are part of Lyndon Johnson's War on Poverty, 1965, when that legislation was enacted. We are one of 23 community action agencies in the state. We are one of over 1,000 in the country. Um, we've gone from serving just Allen County to now serving 26 counties across Indiana. We have six counties that we call our community action counties, um, but we have an official service area of 14 counties, but we provide services in actually 26 counties. Oh, wow. Y'all are wow. busy. <laughs> we are very busy. We are spread out. We have great staff, great people. Sadly, we don't provide every program that we have in every county that we serve, but we touch each county with at least something. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's good. That's good. And you remember all of that. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Your boss will be very proud oh, of Oh, well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I'm yeah. trying. Yeah. So give us a, a some programs that okay. Bright Point, other than Canada, I mean, I mean, Head Start. Everybody knows about the Head Start. Head Start yeah. And that was Not one. everybody does well, it. Well, well true. Yeah. I, okay, I assume I was, everybody. So here's a part of Head Start go. that maybe people don't know. A few years ago, we started offering Early Head Start, which is a program for pregnant women, infants up to three years old. And it's a home visiting program. We also have it in classrooms in a couple of our rural counties. But it is to help parent-child bonding get child development going, and essentially get the child prepared for Head Start. Mm -hmm. So it's an easy rollover into Head Start, and Head Start gets the child prepared for kindergarten. So it's a great transition program. We've been doing that now. I'm not going to even guess because I don't remember. <laughs> so forgive me. But that is a, a program of Head Start that most people don't realize yeah. that we do. I didn't know that, so they yeah. didn't like yeah. me. <laughs> so, and, and I'm glad you said that, but... I think some you said people take for granted that everybody yes. knows. Well, I don't have children. I really don't know what Head Start is. Okay. So I'm assuming it's 
something to do with education is it, it your is. first step to it is preschool program okay. for three to five year olds um, we have uh, part-day classrooms. We have full-day classrooms. Uh, we are converting over into all full-day classrooms, slowly but surely. That's a process where we have to work out with the federal government. But um, we we feel, and parents want, they want full-day care for their children. So we are trying to offer that as much as possible. Okay. So um, our most... The, the full-day class that everybody's probably most familiar with is our Hannah Creighton Center. Yes. So. Right by the Urban League. Yeah, 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 yeah. over yeah. by the Urban yeah. League in the library. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. I'm sure that has been tough on parents not having a full day. It, so this is... Um, yes. Yeah. It is really hard when you're told you have to go to work, and but we're saying mm-hmm. you have to pick your child up by noon mm-hmm. or drop them off by 1230 and then pick them up by 3. Mm-hmm. So the, one of the best things we've ever done is... Um, provide a full-day classroom education situation for people. Now, um, we can't serve as many children that way, so that is a drawback. But we're providing better services for the children that we are serving, getting them more prepared for the classroom setting when they move on to to school. And parents have a safe, secure environment while they go to work. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But other than a head start, you... Uh, bright pointer, can I? And because I keep saying can I, I because I know, you're I know not more, alone. more people are going to understand when we talk <laughs> about can I than bright point. But you have a lot of family based programs and a lot of help programs for, you know, communities and people that are going through some trials in life. Can you give us some in depth sure. on some of those? Some more familiar programs are probably our energy assistance program. That is our largest program by number of people we serve and the amount of money that we spend. We, across our six counties, we probably serve between nine and 10,000 households a year. We spend well over $5 million, five to $6 million. Most everybody knows that. When I first came here, everybody called it Project Safe. Mm-hmm. It is now the Energy Assistance Program. We call it EAP. Um, to go along with that, we have a weatherization program. Sadly, we cannot serve as many households with that program, but it is a program to help make energy or to make homes more energy efficient. So we can address air leakage. We can address faulty furnaces or faulty heating systems. We can address um, moisture issues. But, you know, we can't make the house pretty. We can't replace a roof, but we can make the home more energy efficient so that if they are on EAP, then their benefit dollar goes farther. Mm-hmm. It is also a great program that it stabilizes housing stock and it makes the housing stock good for the next resident who's going to live in there. We can do that for homeowners or renters as long as we get the landlord's permission. Okay, I was going to ask the question, yep. did you well, have to be a homeowner, but you allow renters for yes. that? Okay. Okay, and, and there obviously there's some qualifications right. of, they, of this the, stuff. If they are eligible for EAP, they're eligible for weatherization. Mm. So it's the same income guidelines. Oh, same income. So everything's yeah. based on income. It is. Those two programs are Head Start is the vast majority of our programs are based on income and our income guidelines are all over the place, depending on the program. All right. Before we get into any more programs, you how do we know what it is? No. How, how do we get it? How do I find Bright Pointer? Can I or how do I approach them for help? Well, there's a couple of ways that you can do that. We are, our headquarters is downtown. So we're on the corner of Washington and Barr, 227 East Washington. Um, 
we don't do walk-ins like most people okay. would think, but we have a great receptionist at the front window who will answer any questions somebody has. We have um, paper applications in our lobby. We also have a great information center outside adjacent to the alley between us and Cottage Flowers. Mm -hmm. Anybody can drive up to that and pick up applications for EAP, our child care development fund, housing choice voucher program waiting list. We keep that stocked. So if you're not comfortable with the internet, we have paper applications available there. The other way to access everything is through our website, okay. mybrightpoint.org. Pretty simple. Um, the website opens up. It's There's a little icon that says get help. You click on that and all this stuff will drop down. And if you click on different categories of help that you're looking for, then if uh, like the energy assistance program, a great online application, you can apply that way. Um, Child care development fund. The waiting list application, also online, you can apply that way. Um, we have we try to provide as many various ways as we can. Okay. Our okay. funders are going strictly to an online platform eventually, okay. um, but thankfully they understand that not everybody is computer savvy. True. We do serve with our energy assistance program. About a third of the people that we serve are elderly and disabled. Mm -hmm. They're not always the most tech savvy, so they are at least considering that and keeping the paper application in place. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Wow, she just knocked out like three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so thorough. Uh, <laughs> so, you, so right there, I think this is a good place for me to say, you know, as far as either program, the far-reaching effects. Mm -hmm. How do you see these programs or people that have been a part of these programs in the future? Do you keep up or track any type of way to see how you have played a part of, I'm going to call it their comeback? Well, let, let's say for the Child Care Development Fund, CCDF, parents can stay on that program as long as they're eligible until their last child turns 13. Mm -hmm. So if they come to us with an infant and they stay, let's say they have four children, and they stay until that old, youngest child turns 13, then we can see their progress in their education mm -hmm. and employment over the years of they, as they have stayed on the program and yeah. use that program to further their careers and further their education. Great program for parents. Um, energy assistance, we kind of look at as a basic need. So we're stabilizing housing for people, hopefully, mm -hmm. especially for seniors. Um, they can't afford to heat their homes. So this lets them stay in their home instead of maybe having to find an alternative living situation. So the, the few months of benefit they get, it's just enough to get them where they need to be and they can li live more comfortably. Uh, weatherization, the same thing. Their environment's more comfortable. It's more affordable. They can stay in their home, stabilizes housing, stabilizes neighborhoods. I think of everything that we do of, ha of having a huge, large-reaching impact. Mm. Um, most people don't see that when mm. it's an application. You fill it out. You turn it in. You get $500 on your utility bill. Mm. But you have to look beyond just what that $500 is. Correct. Correct. Um, we also have our family development program, which is a general case management program. And if we can get people to work with us, 
Um, we will stay with families for up to five years. And as long as they're working on goals and we are helping them achieve those goals, then um, we will continue to work with them and hopefully change their lives as well and show them a different way, um, a different path, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then we have all these services we can wrap around them while they're working with us in family development. Yeah. And, and when um, Doc V, and we're going to get back into more of the services, but I have a question. And you've been there 37 years. Mm -hmm. And then you say it started with the Lyndon Johnson war mm -hmm. on poverty. Have you seen a pendulum or upswing? Have you seen a, a, is it a, you know, bell curve effect? How do you see the progress in which, you know, the community, is it at peaks and valleys or how does oh, yeah. it go? I, I would say peaks and valleys. When I first started, you know, the whole focus was on energy needs, utility, affordability. Now we're in a housing crisis, mm -hmm. okay? And not that we've never, ever been out of a housing crisis, but I've never seen it this bad. Mm -hmm. um, it started with COVID, and it just has really not gotten any better since COVID left. Um, I was talking with Dr. V a little before the show, and we have a housing assistance call line mm -hmm. that we ask people to call when they have a housing issue, a housing problem. We get between 40 and 50 calls a day. Oh, wow. That's a lot. And about half of those are people who... Um, have been recently evicted. They have nowhere else to go. They're staying with family. They're staying with friends. They don't know where to turn. We have others whose landlords have risen the rent so much they can't afford to stay there anymore. There's no place else for them to go. They have nowhere to turn. Mm -hmm. And sadly, that's true. It is a very difficult environment if you can only afford so much for housing right. to find something appropriate, clean, and safe to live in. It's it's awful. Um, we have some housing assistance programs. We try to help as many people as we can, but it's difficult finding landlords to use those programs and let our residents move in. Um, so we spend a lot of time trying to get landlords to trust us and take the opportunity to lease to this family or this single person and um, let us show what a good tenant they will be. And, you know, when you say that, because when we, we, we talked, we were talking about the fact that a lot of people think that there's a certain person that has to fall in a certain category right, to right. even go to Bright Point and to look for assistance or whatever, as a lot of other housing um, Correct. You know, areas they could go to, but or programs, but that's not the case. And so I was just saying, so it could be one situation mm -hmm. that happened, you know, and as she was saying, it could be that the landlord raised the, the rent. So that one month and what we were saying here, you, you're making things match up and just just barely meet fifty dollars more. And you're you're actually out of the house. Yes. And so but but with that. I think it's real interesting because if there's only, let's just say a number that I've seen, I'm not sure if this number is still relevant, but 295 landlords, but yet you have 6,000 people that need the service. Correct. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's a serious crisis. So what is it, what do you think it would take for landlords to buy in? I, that's a really good question. Um, landlords simply don't, Landlords can be choosy right now. They mm -hmm. can, you know, take somebody. I, I'll give you an example. Um, my daughter has a really good friend 
Um, she was looking for her own apartment and she was running into uh, landlords at, at apartment complexes that wanted her to earn three times what the monthly that's rent insane. would be. Yeah, or that's they insane. would even accept her. <laughs> And she's a college graduate. She's, yeah. She graduated with a degree in chemistry. She's got a full-time job. Yeah. But, you know, no kid has got, mm-hmm. you know, and we're talking one-bedroom apartment, $1,000 a month. She She's not making $3,000, you know, right. times 12 right. to show that. Right. She's making ample income to pay that rent. Yes. But, but mm-hmm. so, and there's no guarantee, even if she were making the three times mm-hmm. that she'd still pay her rent yeah, on time. Right. You know, it's, it's, to me, it's very bizarre mm-hmm. or find a co-signer. Right. And you know, that's, that puts parents on the hook, grandparents. And the, when I used to teach financial literacy classes, my, my mantra to everybody is never co-sign for anyone. <laughs> no, um, so yeah. I, you know, she finally found a place, but it took her, I don't know, four months, five months. Um, And it's ridiculous. So, you know, you're someone with a limited income and you're looking at that kind of barrier. There's just no way. Yeah. And not only with um, because you really explain the homeless prevention program, but you also have like veterans programs. We do. We have a supportive services for veteran families, which is two parter. Um, We can provide homeless prevention services. So if a veteran family is about to be evicted, we can um, hopefully intervene with that. Again, we have to determine eligibility, but we can hopefully intervene, stave that off, provide a few months of additional assistance and get that family stable. Um, We also offer rapid rehousing. So if a veteran or in a veteran or a veteran family are in a shelter on the streets, living in their car, um, we can hopefully intervene with that and find them a stable place to live, provide them with assistance to move into that permanent housing situation, and then help them for a few months after that. Um, we do not help with mortgages. I always have to clarify that. Sometime I got myself in trouble by not saying that, so okay. I'm saying it now. Um, but So it's a rental assistance program, but it's to, it's to prevent and to resolve homelessness. Okay. Right. Now, um, in one of the guidelines, and I wanted to say you keep saying it's income, is it like everything else with services, you got to be like 133% of the poverty level? It, it just depends on the program. So energy assistance, for example, is 60% state median income. Don't ask me to tell you what that is off the top of my head. Um, veteran services, we can serve up to 80% area median income. Um, we try to focus on the 30% area median income, which is pretty poor. It's about 100% of the poverty guideline. Um, Head Start is 100% of the, 125% of the poverty guideline. CCDF, the child care program, they just recently raised the guidelines to get on the program to 150% of poverty. You can stay on the program until you get to 220% of poverty. Now, your subsidy may come down. So if I'm on the program, getting on the program, they may pay all of my child care. But as my income improves, then they may pay less and less and less, and I pay more and more and more so that once my income gets to a certain level, I can more comfortably take on the entire amount. Right. Well, child care is like rent right about oh, now. Oh, it's man. worse. <laughs> man. It is worse. Man, child care. Um, I know families paying, um, if they got three kids, they're paying six, $900 
you know, a week or to a month, you know, in childcare because, you know, it's $133 a child and you, um, right. a week. And you, if you have yeah. an infant in a licensed center, it is over $400 a week. That is it is. Yes. It is awful. Yeah. So two children, a toddler mm. and an infant, it yeah. would easily be, I don't know, $700, $600 a week. I'm sorry. Yeah. At a licensed center. Listen, now there are other levels. But. I said, I'm sorry, people with children, but that would be a contraceptive in itself. It is. It's out there like that. Yeah, so it's I was out there. Say, so is that... that I'm going to call it, is that the STEP program or some type of... That is, that is what program? the, they don't want to call it a market rate. I forget the new term. I'm sorry. They're making yeah. significant changes in CCDF okay. right now, which is really going to affect the provider side, not so much the parent side. Mm-hmm. But um, that is the approved market rate for a CCDF payment to a licensed center. Mm-hmm. Um, a, minis- a ministry would be a little less a home would be a little less. It mm-hmm. just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, it, again, it's to try and hopefully give the parents some choice. But yes, I mean, I think, you know, parents are figuring out, you know, if it's a two-parent household, one of us can stay home and yeah, one of us can right. go to work and we're just better off doing yeah. it that way than both of us working. Right. Even if we could afford child care, we don't need the stress and the aggravation of two parents right. trying to get out of the house with the kids. Right. And and with that, you know, not only do you do services that help, there there are things you do to help that can improve communities and things like that. I know um, the youth, you have the JAG program in the high schools. Can you give us a little uh, synopsis about the JAG program? I will certainly try. So JAG stands for Jobs for America's Graduates, and it is a program for juniors and seniors in high school who are at risk for dropping out, but also to provide career exploration, what's going to happen after high school. So post-secondary education, military, employment. We try to give the kids that enroll in JAG all kinds of experiences. We provide work experiences that we pay them for to give them some ideas of some of the careers they might be interested in, to give them a little work experience, give them a little work ethic. Um, We are in all high schools and Fort Wayne community schools. Yay. Um, We're also in Heritage and New Haven. Um, in East Allen County schools. So, but we have uh, 13 programs, no, 14 programs, I'm sorry, in 13 high schools. Mm -hmm. We're um, just not located in Allen County, but we have um, programs in DeKalb, Noble, Wabash, and Willis. We are not in Kosciuszko. That is not our region. Okay. So, but it's a great program to give kids um, a chance to think about college if they never, ever thought about college before and trying to help them figure out which college and what they want to do and how to, how to get the money to go to college. So we spend a lot of time on financial aid, helping them with FAFSA. Um, I think it's a great program. Um, I would like to do it earlier and younger. I think if we could get to kids in middle school, mm-hmm. um, that would be ideal. Um, the program itself is that model's not there yet. But we're trying. Um, we uh, have JAG specialists. They act like teachers, but they're in all the high schools. Um, but they also provide some case management. So we also follow up with the, 
the kids that graduate from year to year, they stay on the specialist caseload. So they're doing follow-up with them that first year after they graduate, as well as doing their JAG duties with the kids that they currently have in class. Uh, we just got done with our career development uh, conference. And so we're sending about a dozen kids to the state competition in March. And so we're excited about that to see That's how the good. kids do. To go along with that, we have Focus Forward. So if you're a youth, 16 to 24, that didn't graduate high school or are not working or parenting, then we have um, a similar program for that age group. And we can do that in all nine counties of our region, um, help them uh, get their HSE, help them look at career exploration. We have funds to help pay for certifications and training um, help them get their kid if they are parenting youth. Um, try and get them with childcare so we can get the kids into um, a, just a early education environment. Um, so, and we're actively enrolling in that program as well. We um, want JAG kids. We want Focus Forward youth. So, if yes. anybody is interested, we would love to have them contact us or. Give us some ideas of kids to contact, and we will be all over it. Oh, that's that's nice. That's, that's, that's cool. Program. Yeah, that's a good program. Did you have anything before? I... No, go ahead. I just wanted to ask: Do you also have business programs? We do. Um, I'm not as schooled in those programs, but mm-hmm. I brought notes. <laughs> um, so we have the Bright Point Development Fund, which is a micro lending entity subsidiary of Bright Point itself. We have small business loans. Um, we also have um, a financial, we call it financial foundations, but it's a chance to work one-on-one with um, the financial coordinator, but also in group settings, financial literacy classes. So try and help you um, get credit cleaned up, try and help you budget, try um, and help you get on a more firmer financial footing. Mm-hmm. We we do that with our lending customers, you know, especially if they need need to do a little work before we can approve them for a loan. Mm-hmm. So help them get their finances more in order. We help them just establish a business plan, you know, just get them in a better start mm-hmm. position so that they're more successful with their business. We love small businesses. Um We also have our community loan center. If anyone knows my boss, Steve Hoffman, he know you know that he is vehemently opposed to payday lending. Mm -hmm. Um, Every year he goes down to the legislature, and if there's even a whiff that the payday lending industry is trying to get some horrible bill through, he and and other members of his little group they go down and they um, they testify and try to not lobby, advocate to get rid of um, the bill, trying Mm -hmm. not to get it to pass. They have been very, very successful. So one of the arguments that they always get is, you know, people have to have something. If they don't have payday lending, they're all going to go to loan sharks and get their knees cracked, okay? So (laughs) um, there is a model called the Community Loan Center, and it is a lending program. It, it does charge interest. It charges interest at a, a higher rate than you would probably get at a bank, but it is available to employees of employers who would sign up with us to join the community loan center. And there's no real work for the employer. Um, it's just the uh, HR department making sure that the payroll deduction 
you know, is working properly. The employee simply goes online and applies. Um, once they're approved, then it's all done behind the scenes. The employer never really needs to know. Um, so it's a very simple process. It's just a matter of getting more employers to join so we can good. offer, have this benefit available to their employees. Um, we've had, you know, our largest employers, Parkview. Parkview mm. is a big member of the CLC. Bright Point's a member of the CLC. Um, and we have, you know, employers in between. So, um, but not enough employers are taking advantage right. of that. So we would love to have more employers come on board with the CLC. But, it, you know, it's certainly not loan shark um, <laughs> interest rates at mm. all. It is a higher interest rate, like I said. But it's than not the 120 no, percent. No, no, 330 percent, whatever. Um, it's 10, maybe. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the last time. I mean, I borrowed from it when my daughter got married. I needed a little something to carry, you know, to get her through. So, and it was quite simple. They took it out of my paycheck every two weeks, and it it was very easy. Yeah. And along with that program, there's another program um, before we get out, the Bounce Back program. Bounce Back, yep. Can you give us some information about the Bounce um, Back program? Bounce Back is a program that we uh, have with churches within our service area when their congregation members are having issues they can go to the church you know their pastor their benevolence uh person Mm -hmm. and say i'm i need this assistance and then they can make a referral to us the churches are partners they have donated into this fund and then you know we do the investigating i guess is the best way to put it and if we find out that it is something that the the uh, bounce back can assist with, then we go ahead and process it. That way the church itself, they don't really have to get into their congregate's personal affairs mm-hmm. and can maintain, you know, a cool, um, just a step back right, from the situation. Right. And we do all the necessary work. And then we report back to the church, whether or not we assisted that congregation member. Okay. We are also looking for more churches to join if they would, please. Um, I think the ones that we have about 30 partner churches across um, about 10 counties. And um, it's a very simple process. And, you know, we don't ask that the churches donate a specific amount, any amount is, is fine. Um, it's just really, you know, making the referrals and, and participating in the process. Okay. And, um, before we leave, you say the community, the churches, employers, tell everybody again, how they can become affiliated with Bright Point and what do they need to do to either get help or to help or become an affiliate of Bright Point? Do you want me to rattle off all the phone numbers? Whatever information you can give them. Okay. (laughs) So, to get general Brightpoint stuff, our website is mybrightpoint.org. Our general phone number is 800-589-3506. Follow the prompts. Very important. Follow the prompts. It's a very lengthy voicemail. Follow the prompts. <laughs> Be patient. Um, we have paper applications at our information center outside the alley. Between us and Cottage Flowers, you can drive up and get any application that you would need. If you are having a housing crisis or problem of any kind, it is 423-3546, extension 332. That extension is very important, 332. That Nobody answers that phone. It's a message phone, but somebody will get back to you. 
Our website, mybrightpoint.org. We have all of our programs listed. Hit the icon that says get help. Everything will drop down and you can just peruse at your leisure which programs you think that you need or would like to get more information about. Apply for the ones that you want to uh, with the online applications. Follow the directions. Hit the submit button. You'd be surprised how many people (laughs) don't hit the submit button. And then um, go from there. But we want anybody who who wants help, who thinks they need help, who has questions to contact us so we can see what we can do. And you got the community. Now, how can I, if I was an employer, how can I get with the program or who should I contact? Um, Email me or email Matt Crouch. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Crouch at mybrightpoint.org. He will get them directly involved with the CLC, and he knows all the ins and outs. I would say me, but I'm just going to get them involved or directly in communication with Matt because I don't know. But Matt Crouch. One more. And for the churches, for the the churches, um, email me and at Pam Brookshire, my bright Pam Brookshire at mybrightpoint.org, and I will get. Any church organization that is interested in bounce back to the right person to have a visit and an explanation of the program. Wow, I didn't know Bright Point did all of that. I'm glad <laughs> you were here today so because much. you gave you gave me some insight. I didn't know they did all of that. So, right. and as Doc V, I shouldn't have took for granted that people knew all that Bright Point did it's, it's because fine. it is it is multifaceted. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Where Bright Bright Point offers all that, they just know that somebody offers EAP or Head Start or something. So, I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to come and brag a little bit about the organization that I love. Right, and we thank you for coming. Before we leave, does anybody else have any questions or anything? It's very thorough. Very thorough. No, no, no. (laughs) Never be sorry for giving the information. You you've enlightened us all, and you gave great information. Thank you. And we want to thank you again, Miss Brookshire. I mean, we'll we'll have you back on something. I know we had Mindy. I'm on here before. So Mindy's great. Yeah, so we'll ha- we'll have Bright Point on here at another time or something that we're doing in the community. We'll welcome you or anybody else from Bright Point to come join us. Yes. Um, we want you to join us tomorrow for Envy in Depth. Um, we're going to talk about more about the community resources, but also why there is a need for these community resources. We're gonna uh, we're gonna examine why it's such a great need that we need these community resources and find other ways that we can help our community, you know, become self sufficient. But we thank you for all for watching us and staying with us. And E, before we leave our people, what do we always say? Always protect your mind.